Hey, did somebody call for backup? What's up, prodigies? And welcome back to Call for Backup, a prodigal son podcast from Nerds and Beyond. Set sail with us as we discuss all the ships for season two, episode nine of Prodigal Son. If you're not caught up, this is your big spoiler warning. Come join us when you've watched all of season one, now available on HBO Max, and all the latest episodes of season two on Fox Now and Hulu. As many of you know, I'm Kaylee and I'm a staff writer at Nerds. You can find me on social media at Kaylee Gross. For this episode, I am joined by Brianna and my partner in podcast crime, Jules. So thank you for being here this week. Brianna's providing a quick recap of the episode. Jules will be leading the discussion of our favorite noteworthy moments and helping discuss our theories. And of course, we'll have our weekly Malcolm Danger Cow led by myself, Jules, and Brianna. But don't worry. I'll end the episode with a nice dose of reflection for the week ahead with a motivational affirmation or quote. Before we begin, I'll let the other staff members introduce themselves and explain what they do for nerds. I'm Brianna, an editor, and you can find me on Twitter at bookbag09. And I'm Jules. I am an editor, writer, and content assistant, and you can find me on Twitter at JulesWritesBlog. This week on Prodigal Son, we take a deep dive into Adriza's home life and her true crime hobbies. The NYPD team up with her online web sleuth group, The Killabustas, to hunt their latest killer. When some of the group meet up on, in person, things get suspicious and a little heated, as sparks fly between Adriza and Blaze while Malcolm is suspicious of everyone. He knows the killer has infiltrated the group, and they discover that the vulture is none other than Ashton, a member of the group for several years. While Malcolm is staring down the barrel of a gun, literally, Adriza jumps into action to take down Ashton, saving both Malcolm and Blaze in the process. Danny and Gil remain concerned about Malcolm throughout the case, and rightly so, as we see him experience more than one hallucination in the form of Martin parroting Malcolm's own inner thoughts about trusting Danny with his various secrets. Meanwhile, at Claremont, the actual Martin continues to pursue Dr. Capshaw after their kiss. She's conflicted, but ultimately gives into her darker side, and the two hook up in the infirmary wing of all places. Gil and Jessica are also back in good standings when he digs up the old files on the surgeon so she can dive into her past for her tell-all book. He provides much-needed moral support and levity to Jessica's internal dilemmas. Be sure to check out our full recap on nerdsandbeyond.com. Now on to our discussion. So as usual, we are going to have a bit of a discussion of the moments from the episode that we loved, uh, some of our reactions to different things that we saw. And we were talking about this before we started recording, but it feels like this episode is just ship central. We've got every ship moving in every direction. Um, it, it was just there was so much material there for a shipper. So we'll start with the one thing that really isn't a ship but it's something that I think we all loved and we were all looking forward to immensely, which is the Killabustas, the introduction <laughs> of Idris's crime-solving group. I, I mean, I just, I love them. I love them so much. What did you guys think? I thought it was a great addition to the show, like just to see Idrisa in a different persona sort of uh, sort of way where she's not just so like medical, you know, she kind of gets to be out in the field a little mm -hmm. bit and with her people and she... She just seems so comfortable and at home and like, oh, yeah, this is what we do. These are my people. Even when she said, oh, those are my online friends, you know, like that's how we feel when, you know, when we're exactly. um, everybody at nerds and everything. So I just thought she was just seemed so happy 
and I'm I'm happy for her with her a little um little side piece there. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. <laughs> he has a <laughs> name corner, Kaylee. Well, I knew we were going to talk about it, so I'll just <laughs> the suspense. No, we we got to focus on the killabusters first, and then we can focus on the thing that made all of us go oh the second it happened. And oh, <laughs> both both reactions. I'll say I liked it. I, ex I expected to like it based on like the promos and stuff and the pictures we had. I didn't realize I was going to love it as much as I did. I really hope we get like now that they kind of met up in real life. I kind of hope we get just like little hangouts here and there of them like chilling at her apartment with their crime boards, tracking stuff and, you know, eating popcorn or something or, you know, what's her face making hot pockets because she has kids. Just, <laughs> I don't know. I just want to see a little more of it. It was so different than what we are used to. The crimes were a little bit more simplistic and we kind of got to like dive into Adresa's story and the mm -hmm. moment that she shared with Malcolm about her childhood. Like she played with a voodoo doll. I need any more information. <laughs> <laughs> it was like every true uh, crime podcaster's dream to have their mm -hmm. own, you know, to have your own little website and blog and community. Yeah. And solve like solve cases together that is like a dream so I'm and I like how she was still very like like at the beginning of the episode she seemed almost like embarrassed to kind of reveal that mm -hmm. side of herself and then Malcolm sort of validates it when they're <laughs> in the interrogation room there at first and she kind of does her big presentation on the vulture and then she how really cute kind of was that how cute amazing. was the poster? I was like, she has a poster. She, she made has her own many posters. <laughs> she brought her own crime board into work. That's what I'm saying. Every true crime podcaster or like aficionado's <laughs> dream. I don't know. I liked it. We got to see her in her element, I think. Yeah. Well. And I think Malcolm okay. treats her like a little sister almost like, oh mm -hmm. yeah, that's great. Or um, so I love that she felt comfortable enough to open up to him because we've kind of seen her be very um flirtatious with him and you know really like she loves loves the heck out of him so but just to see her kind of have a different interaction with him was mm -hmm. I feel like a, it was a treat and she was confident which I think is something like as much as Adresa is confident and she's never not been confident there are times around Malcolm where she kind of gets a little bit like flustered and she doesn't really know what to say but the second she was with her people right. and she was able to start solving this crime with them like she became like a boss like she walked in, she knew exactly what was going on. Like, I love seeing that side of her. And we were talking about this a little bit, but we would all watch like a Killabusters spinoff if they even wanted to do like little short, like web series moments. Cause all of them were funny. Like I liked all their characters. We were talking about the mom who I cannot remember this character's name, but I she made me laugh hard. so much when she was, <laughs> when she turned to them and she was like, I gotta get my stupid kids. Like it was just, I don't know what the line delivery was, but it killed me. So I just want to see more of all of them together. Something. Yeah, it was like, oh, like I gotta go put my stupid kids to bed. And it was like, yeah. oh, okay. Her screen name was some take on like Lululemon. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, was like, something like that. I couldn't say it. So I want to say her name starts with an L, but I, I think that's just the screen name. <laughs> Hilarious. Like that just reminded me of, I mean, not, I guess not my, like my mom doesn't think we're stupid kids, but I just feel like that's a lot of moms like, oh, it's my one night away and I have to go like put my stupid kids <laughs> it's, to it's bed. It's my one night to solve a murder and I got to go handle my kids. Like, like hang on. out with her friends. Like it's like a <laughs> night on the town for her. You know what I mean? With her, with her peeps. And then she's like, oh, my stupid kids. Like, oh, that responsibility. 
those children I brought into this world, I can I'll take them right out. <laughs> and I think something Kaylee touched on that was really nice is that the show, at no point did the show look down on the fact that these were online friendships. Mm-hmm. They were sort of portrayed as being just as real and just as important as any real life friendship that Idrisa had. And they also put a lot of respect on the fact that these citizen sleuths were sort of solving the case where you kind of had the skepticism of some of the NYPD initially kind of being like, why are we handing the case to these people? And then Malcolm's saying, well, look at like the Golden State Killer, look at all of these stories that have been solved because these people cared and they were able to do different things. Like, So I, I liked that this show did not at all treat the Killabusters or Idrisa's involvement with them as like a joke. It was very much taken seriously which I thought was really great. It's so true though, because we might be considered fans, people who are like true crime, like I said, Mm -hmm. aficionados, but you know, those people might have a different perspective. You know, they might see something that, that the police didn't. So it's so true that a lot of times people, just ordinary people can, can really be essential in those kind of cases. Well, it was kind of like what Adriza said too. I mean, she meant it in a joking way of like not having the time or resources or the brains. Yeah. I don't think <laughs> officers don't have the brains, but I mean, the resources are limited mm-hmm. when it comes to policing and solving crimes and stuff like that. Whereas, you know, the everyday person can spend several hours every day just diving into it and researching new stuff. And it really helps. Yeah. They I can think. go to greater lengths to, mm-hmm. to really dive in, like you said. And people have weird knowledge. Like I know a while back, one of the other true crime podcasts that I follow is called The Murder Squad. Mm-hmm. And the whole point of that podcast is to get information out there about cases and say, does anyone know this bizarre, weird fact? Like, they'll be like, this is a picture of like a carpet that was in a hotel room in 1971. Any idea like where this is? Because there's always somebody out there who has like a weird connection to something. Mm-hmm. And we'll be able to say, oh, I know exactly what kind of car that is. Or I know like what this would have looked like in where like whatever time or there's usually a call people ask for like old photos that somebody might have of something in the background so that they know what something looked like in like 1980 whatever so there's a lot of space I think for citizens to help solve cases just because collective knowledge is better than two or three people solving a case if you have several hundred people who are collectively thinking about something you're going to come up with more leads so I, I liked the way the show treated it I liked the way that they treated Idrisa seriously because she deserves to be taken seriously because she's really cool and I like her an awful lot. Yeah, they never really belittle the online relationships like mm-hmm. we've seen. I've seen that in other shows where it's like, mm-hmm. ha your internet friends, that, that can't be a real thing. And it's like, Our it very much can be. Like, and, you know, they're not real. They're probably, mm-hmm. you know. And no I mean, one talk to them on Twitter. You can't possibly have a friendship. It's like, right. oh no, yeah. those are some of my best friends. Yeah. And I mean, in true crime as a genre too, because mm-hmm. you look at like NCIS or CSI or some of these other procedural shows. And for such a long time, the writers of those shows did not understand how the internet worked, except for the fact that it was a place where crimes happened that were kind of weird and fun for TV. So, mm-hmm. so often it would be somebody in a chat room doing something mm-hmm. various or like somebody on Twitter on the dark web. And like, it would kind of be stuff like that. And now I think there's a growing realization of like, there are communities online and it can be really positive and not everything is negative. Although, I mean, the killer did turn out to be somebody who was in a chat room online, but it was mostly, <laughs> mostly positive. Happen, but I think there's such a huge misunderstanding and, and almost a stigma around like online friendships, because again, you know, a lot of shows highlight the dangers of it, which mm-hmm. is which is accurate and applicable in those situations. But I, I think that we need to start maybe being a little bit more like 
open to the possibility that, hey, you know, I'm not planning on meeting this random person I've, you know, talked to once on the internet, but, you know, maybe in a public place at at a convention, for example, you know, that kind of thing. So. And speaking of making connections online, we're about (laughs) to move into our first shift that we're going to discuss that we were all so thrilled about. um, And that still makes me so happy. Idrissa (laughs) and her new friend, Blaze. What a name. Oh my God. What a name. First of all, Blaze is the perfect name for him. I just, he's on fire. Oh, I just, I love (laughs) seeing her so happy and I love seeing her so confident. And we have oh, said yeah. from the beginning that we want Andresa to find somebody who knows how freaking cool she is. She's so and smooth. He knows. So smooth. I mean, what, what were you guys thinking? I know we just want to squeeze for like 20 minutes about this, but like, what did you guys think? She, I just wish I could be as smooth as her. Like we've seen her kind of <laughs> I know. not as smooth when she talks to Malcolm, but like <laughs> she was in her element. Like, oh yeah, you know, and I think because maybe they had communicated online. So she kind of felt like she knew him mm-hmm. a little more. So maybe she was more comfortable, but I mean, just like talking about, or like when she's like, here, call me sometime or, you know, just yeah. lighting her card. I was like, Oh girl, like get it. I need some tips from Adresa. Like I need an Adresa just like dating one-on-one, <laughs> but she just, and then she moved so quick with that gentleman. And I, I won't, I won't go into specifics, but um, I just, she got some action and I was proud of her. She deserves it. She works hard. She's a great lady. She I love that does. she wasn't shy about it. Like she's no. very, yeah. they, they have her be kind of, you know, geeky here and there. And she's like you said, she stumbles through her words with Malcolm a lot of the time, but she was, she saw blaze and she liked it and she went for it and she, was not was shy. A on a mission. <laughs> I, I have to highlight the joke about bondage. Oh my God. It's probably it my perfect. favorite. Oh, you're into bondage. Yeah. <laughs> Bonda, she's like, that's a little. <laughs> I was like, oh look, another thing you're compatible on. I just love how like unapologetic she is about about who she is herself. Yeah, mm-hmm. and can I just say I tweeted this, but her hair looked amazing. She was just like she was on fire this episode. She too. was I'm having like, such a great day. It was just really a, was perfect like a day for day, everything. And even if it doesn't last, I mean, she's still like I said, she still got some action. So good for you, girl. I don't get your hot firefighter. Go get him. (laughs) He's a firefighter named Blaze? Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) No. Just now, whenever you were introducing the topic, I kind of had the realization, I don't think his name is Blaze. I think that's probably his, like, firefighter nickname. We don't actually know his name yet. Oh, Oh, no. His name is Blaze in my head. Sorry, Brianna. Oh, no, it is. I'm sure. I just can't wait for him to be like, actually, my name is Gerard or something. (laughs) Or, like, Philip. (laughs) Mark. <laughs> yeah. Joe. It's going to be something we're, really basic. We're having a whole conversation about how to spell his name, too, because um, Kennedy, who's one of our other writers, was writing the recap this week. And we thought it was spelled because there's an actual name, Blaze, that's spelled one way. And then we realized that the subtitles were using Blaze like a fire. And we were like, oh, we got to switch it. We got to switch it oh, in the recap no. now. Oh, so how do we do his their ship name then? It's not a good name for a ship. There's I will say combo. that. There's oh, not a good combo. I'm Brianna trying. had a bunch Look, of Risa. combos she was trying. No. Uh, no. I know Brianna had a uh, quite a few last night, and I every every time I would type it, I had to scroll up and be like, "Oh nope, she already did that." <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, "Oops." I'm not, I'm not even trying. I'm very bad at ship names. I, I I unless you hand me like an obvious choice, I'm not. Yeah. Always. I mean, if anybody has any ideas, tag us. Let's yeah. Know, that I mean, yeah, we need. I, yeah. I I mean, 
I tweeted a few, myself. but they're all the like joke ones that aren't yeah <laughs> aren't good. Yeah, I I definitely need some guidance. So I need I, to know his last name. Although Tanaka is not the easiest to combine. I with know anything. it's not. Yeah. See, it's gonna be a problem. Writers are not helping us out here. <laughs> they were like, "What's the worst name we could pair her with so that right. we can't combine them?" <laughs> they're good ships. <laughs> we'll have to come up with something that's like related to the true crime thing or something. Oh yeah, yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be their names. Yeah. We'll we'll figure it out. We'll we'll workshop we'll, it. We'll, yeah, and, we'll we'll get and back to that. This will be incentive we'll for them to bring him back on the show so that our all of our hard work they do. Oh my god, they were funny. so good and the way like I love that they already knew each other. I assume mm-hmm. for for years if they've, you know, chatted online all, for all this time and she's this deep into web sleuthing. Mm-hmm. So it's like they already kind of are kindred spirits and they kind of know each other's quirks. It's like when you're I don't know. I don't know how y'all are, but when you're a true crime fan, you like ease people into that topic. So yes. it's like, oh yeah. Can I give you some facts on defense. Jeffrey Dahmer? <laughs> <laughs> and then you just kind of wait for the reaction because either people are like, okay, cool, I don't care, or they're like, why do you like this thing? And you're judged <laughs> for it. So I like that they already kind of have that companionship there. And like, even if they only end up being like friends, I think he would bring a cool like dynamic to the show. Mm-hmm. He made me laugh. He was a good character. And oh, we yeah. have to say that Kiko did an amazing job this episode. Like, as usual. Oh, yeah. And just, just absolutely. I want, like, we've said this before, but I love when she gets to be, like, the center of things because mm-hmm. she so rarely gets to be, like, out on a mission with them. She's usually back kind of doing her own thing, being the amazing medical examiner that she is, but, like, she doesn't get to be out. So when she gets to be with the crew and with all the rest of them, I just, their dynamic is great. And she does such a good job of playing this character. Agreed, Jules. And I just want to say that I think you tweeted it from the podcast um, account, Jules, but how she kind of, she does like serious, intimate moments well, but also is just hilarious in her comedic timing and how she does that. So I think that goes to show you how talented she is as an actress, because, you know, it's really important, I feel like, for actors to be able to to do both to, um, you know, kind of have those heartwarming, um, dramatic moments, but, you know, serious moments, but then also being able to just crack everybody up. So, I mean, she does it beautifully. And I, again, she's very talented and that's on Kaylee's acting corner. (laughs) (laughs) A variety of corners this episode. We're going to, we're going to hang out in ship corner a little longer because really pretty much everything this episode revolved around some ship or another. We're on like a seven week cruise. Yeah, we are. We're we're on a long, cruise. long cruise here. <laughs> seven weeks. Enjoy cruise. the ride. I wish I was on a actually no. A Not seven right now. Cruise. Oh well, yeah. Yeah, no. You don't want to be on any Not length of time. Not a COVID right cruise. Right <laughs> <laughs> a seven day cruise Ugh. can be a little sometimes you like kind of get homesick. But anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but our next our next passengers on that seven day cruise are Jessica and Gil. Oh, oh gosh. we're finally moving back towards the light with them. I'm so excited. I'm so I mean, it, ha- it had to happen because of this book, which is going to be like, I don't know what to think about this book, but he's helping her. And also Malcolm playing matchmaker. I mean, come on. I loved it. That was my Not favorite. Funny. Him being like, I know Gil wants to see you. I know my mom <laughs> wants to see you. And then just like stepping out of the way and watching them crash into each other was amazing. It's so cute. Like, I was like, that scene there. Oh, that was my favorite. Oh, it just melts. And he's so, Gil is so gentle with her. 
Mm-hmm. And um, like he said, you know, when she came in for her interview after Martin was arrested, you know, everyone had this preconceived idea about her. But he said that once she started, you know, once the interview had gone on and once people got to know her, that changed. And I think he holds her to a higher um, expectation, like standard almost, because he knows the real her. Yeah. And I just, the way he treats her is so, just like I said, so soft, so just tender. And I love it. Oh, my heart just, my heart is melting as I speak. <laughs> I know. I agree. He's so grounding for her. And it's just like, anytime yeah. they're on screen, like the show is so tension filled all of the mm-hmm. time with most of the relationships. <laughs> and anytime yeah. those two are on the screen by themselves, I just kind of go, Oh, and I can kind it's of like, like relax little, inside. Yeah, it's it's just it's like being out on the pool on a ship. <laughs> it's like they're so we're gonna we're gonna ride this boat metaphor the whole rest oh, of the absolutely. Day, guys. We're really sorry. Drink I it. don't know if it's if it's the it's gotta be the chemistry of, of Lou and Bellamy. Yeah. That just they just shine. I don't know. I just remember from like the first episode where like, and that has to be in game. Please. <laughs> they play off each other so well. So that I mean that's I think what you said Brianna about their chemistry it it just it works so well it's so like cohesive it just everything flows it doesn't feel forced you know mm-hmm. like sometimes you can tell when things are like forced between two actors um just because it's kind of like oh you know what I mean but it's not in this situation and I again I think that goes to show the talent of Lou Diamond Phillips and Bellamy Young because mm-hmm. they're you know they're experienced actors and are able to you know, create this chemistry between one another. And I think that they're great friends too, which helps, but just their scenes together. I never feel like it's forced. It's a genuine bond between them though. Mm-hmm. Like really that's what it is. And, and we, I like that they both kind of make each other do stuff that the other isn't always as comfortable with. And they're, they're each other's biggest cheerleaders too, which is nice. Like they're always kind of complimenting each other and making sure that the other one is I kind of want him to write like a foreword or an epilogue or something in her book about his, I don't know. I want everybody to have a book deal and have something to do with this book for some reason. I don't know. Maybe because I You get a book deal books. and you get a book deal. Yeah, everyone writes a book. He gets a book deal. <laughs> I want JT's book. You know oh, there's man. something up there that we don't know about. Like he's, he's seen something, I'm sure. But we have to talk about them dancing too. We can't. Oh my God, how that cute. was. I would like to personally send flowers <laughs> to whatever writer was like, I know how we can have them reconcile. They Gil can dance. be fixing his car and then they can turn up the radio and dance. <laughs> like this is an old school 80s movie. It's so cute. I love it. It was so my much. favorite. As soon as you reach for the radio, radio I, the squeal smooth too. that came out of my body was not normal. <laughs> Everyone in this writer's room is a shipper. That's my, every single one of them, they ship these characters because like the way that they wrote it, it's like how every fan would want these characters to like get together. So I I, I like- And he does the hand extension. Yeah, it was just, it was so well done. It was great. Everything about that scene was great. And the way she did the, you know, she was kind of tense at first and then she relaxed into it. Just, I don't know. I know that goes back to them being amazing actors, but they just, they just portray it so well. And I think the camera angle was cool too, because it was kind of looking up at them. Camera so corner, camera corner Sorry. with Kaylee. I mean, it was right. It's been a while. Yeah, no, it was. Yeah, so I think you could kind of see how their heads were together. I just thought that was sweet. It was a nice too. touch. Yeah, it was. Really like, it was a really sweet moment. They had some, and I think I was just so excited. I kept tweeting like, "Do my eyes deceive me? <laughs> more Gillica content? Like, 
the writers were like, okay, we, we, you know, we've kind of backtracked a little bit on the Gillica because um, like we haven't really seen them together in any scenes except like, I feel like the first episode or the second, something like Early that. Early on, there was a few with them, but they were still mm-hmm. kind of really tense. Quick. Yeah, quick and tense. So we didn't really get those sweet moments, but I'm really glad that they, they made up for it this time, so. I know this was just about as good as as the kiss we had in in season one. Mm-hmm. It really was. That was season one, right? Yeah, probably. I, I mean, watched too I'm, much I'm, of the show, and it all runs together. I'm not the girl to go to if you're looking for continuity or when something happened. <laughs> I'm aware that things happen, but I, I'm horrible at remembering when. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure it was season one. I think it was season one. Moving <laughs> from the the sweetness of that moment into something that is a little bit more sour um we have what is shaping up to be quite the prison romance going on with our friends not shaping up to be it, it, it is it's full it, on it is. a romance now they they've the point of no return well, oh yeah oh they sailed right over that cliff that was <laughs> if, if if they if they were gonna if they were approaching the edge oh they just went they went right for it um, I, it's so interesting to me because these two actors are incredibly talented. Catherine Zeta-Jones and Martin mm-hmm. Shea, incredibly talented. And they both, their My characters are, every time I do it with this poor man, I would like to oh, apologize to Michael Sheen. That's because Martin Sheen is an actual person. Because Martin That's Sheen the problem. is an actual person and it's a really big problem for me. So I really apologize. It's a problem apologize. for all of us. Don't feel bad. Every time when I first was doing the recaps for this show, I had to consciously, like back in season one, check every single recap I did to make sure that I was saying Michael Sheen because I always messed it up. Anyway, but these two actors are so talented that their characters are so compelling. It's just, oh, it's such a colossally bad idea for both of them to be involved with each other that every time I see it, I'm like, no, no, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then they really, they really did it. They really went and did it. They did it. They did it. <laughs> that, that part aside, I want... <laughs> Just keep no, no. that scene from my mind. No, <laughs> seriously, because when I was rewatching it, I realized why I think I hated it so much. I don't know. The way that they have Martin for the first half with him being very pushy with her and pursuing mm-hmm. her and being a predatory psychopath. I mean, he very much treats her like prey to be hunted. And And a narcissist who needs to be the focus of attention. That too. And then she has him strapped down because he's acting unruly Mm -hmm. to kind of, I don't think it was, I mean, yes, it's like reasserting her dominance, but I think it's kind of reminding him like, you're a prisoner here. Like I am in charge. And then he, he switches. He goes from pursuing her to being, oh, you don't want me. You don't, you don't, mm-hmm. you don't deserve mm-hmm. how terrible I am. Like you deserve something better. And it's like this weird reverse psychology. Yep. And that's what hooks are in. It, I felt like I was watching his hook go in and then him yank it right as he was oh. doing all of that. And you could see her eyes change and to kind of go back into that. You don't know what I want. Don't tell me what I want or what I deserve. I'm my own person. And it's like, I think he's figured her out now. Like this was kind of his final putting the piece together and now he can fully manipulate her. And it makes me nervous. 
it makes me so nervous and it's just uh, like he's people consistently underestimate him I think when they meet him because he is kind of charming and sort of funny and he can be like normal and I think people forget what he's done because of that and I don't think it's I think if anything for her what he's done is almost more fascinating to her like she finds it interesting that like she's asked him questions about how he's felt when he killed people and when he was a doctor and all of that. And then she's talking about watching him speak like before the world knew who he really was and all of that. I just think she's being like, she's like a moth around a flame and it's really, really, really dangerous for her right now. And she doesn't realize how in danger she is because she feels like she's in charge. He's letting her think she's in charge of this whole mm -hmm. thing. And that, and I think that's why she was so freaked out at the end of the episode when Friar Pete starts sort of singing that horrifically creepy song <laughs> because she's sort of like the guilt is coming at her where she's like, I don't, maybe I'm not in control. Maybe I'm not as in charge of this as I like to think that I am. Ugh. It's I so crazy too. Cause I feel like that's such an, uh, he just manipulates everybody. Mm -hmm. And it's scary. Cause like, I feel like that's like almost an abuse. Um, oh yeah. He's an emotional thing. Like, <sighs> Do you think they have the professionals like Dr. Tim weigh in on this stuff? Oh, I think when so. they're writing it of like, and how would he, how would he manipulate her in this situation? Cause that felt very, not medical, but calculated yeah, on it the felt writer's part like, to yeah, have him go from pursuing to, oh no, you don't want this. Mm -hmm. Or even apologizing and thinking that, mm -hmm. what he, you know, he's like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm sorry for, for, you know, putting you on the spot like that and, and embarrassing you. And that almost made her want him more, clearly, um, yeah. you know, when she just unstrapped him. Anyway, I won't get into details again. Um, <laughs> mm. A little too um, oh, that was nauseating. <laughs> almost, got a, but, almost got a little too steamy for Fox. I mean, this is the Between that and the fantasy. I know. Oh, man. Again, I don't know. It's nothing on the actors. It's just oh yeah, they're killing know. it. They're doing amazing. Yeah, they're it's just amazing. They're just the reason it makes us squirm. Otherwise, yeah, it would just be boring. <laughs> because and I, I mean, love the whole fantasy. Right, you know, I love the element where they put the blood on her hand at the last minute. It kind of like yanks you back into the. I mean, I was already rooted in reality because I'm not a huge fan of. <laughs> <laughs> and Malcolm tearing him apart. Are you actively fantasizing? It's like, oh, I'm Malcolm, you, you don't even know Malcolm. what he's fantasizing about. You don't even know. You think that he's thinking about some murder that happened all these years. No, he's thinking about someone in a sexual way. Like, how gross is that? Like, that's your son sitting next to you. Knock it off. All I could think while it was happening was, like, I remember us tweeting in season one, like, I want to see more of Martin, like, inside Martin's head. And, like, this is not what I meant. <laughs> This is not I, the route I, I meant for you to take. It. <laughs> they took it too literally. Clearly, it's it's our fault. We spoken into existence. I know. We asked. We asked too much. And now onto a happier ship, and our last sort of discussion point before we get into the promotion that the promo that was released. Um, Danny and Malcolm again, so close and yet so far. Danny is so such a wonderful friend to Malcolm and is really there for him. The fact that she bears her soul to him so frequently in an effort to like get him to open up too, like to make him feel more comfortable. It's just, it's lovely, but I am always so scared for her because I know that like he's, he obviously doesn't share nearly the same level of stuff with her 
And I'm so scared that when she finds out some of the things that he's been holding back, it's going to hurt her. I don't know. Oh, he's going to slip a little bit. A I think bit. she's going to figure it out after him slipping up with, you know, ever since Nicholas died. Yeah. But won't that hurt her more, like, to, to find it out herself? To, like, be thinking about it and go, wait a minute, like, puts the pieces no. together. Because she's a smart girl. Like, she's going to do it. Like, I think if she's going to find out, she's going to have to have Malcolm backed into a corner the same way mm-hmm. Jessica did to actually get him to admit the truth. Yeah. I, it's going to have to be her pursuing it until he finally is like, okay, fine. Because he's going to have to see that he's not going to lose her or the friendship, I think, before he lets that kind of information and, go. Because it's like, I don't even think she, like, if she knew he killed Endicott, I think if but he she didn't found kill out- Endicott. Or that he didn't kill Endicott. Was involved in the situation. He just dismembered the body because that's Endicott was killed. (laughs) Um, But like, you know, when she, I think if she had known about that early on, because he told her or whatever, like, I think she would have almost been okay with it. Like, she's a moral person, but I think she would have been able to justify it to herself. I think what's going to hurt is the fact that he lied repeatedly to her about it. Well, a lot of it too, like, she doesn't, she still doesn't know a lot of what Endicott did to the Whitleys. So much of that was not behind the scenes because we saw it all happen, but only the Whitleys know about it. Like the NYPD didn't know a huge chunk of everything. And that's, you know, why Ainsley ultimately snapped. It's just, I feel like it needs to be one of those midnight. He hasn't slept in four days. Tell all two hour confession to like, here's everything that led up to it. And then how it happened. And I think it would take her a few days to come to terms with it. But I agree. I think Danny would ultimately accept it and accept him. But maybe that's just my little shiver self. It's the the lying, I think, that would bother her. Because, I mean, she's talked about her times overdosing. She's talked about losing people. She's talked about stuff that, like, really is very personal that she doesn't share with a lot of people. And I think the idea that he kind of took all that in and never really gave anything back, like, oh, like that's going to be really tough for her to handle, I think, no matter what his intentions were, because as we know, people's intentions, you know, stuff gets crossed all the time and people feel hurt. And I just, I, I worry for her, like, I, I want her to be happy and I want them to be happy, but I'm afraid of how, how she was so hurt happen. when he rushed her out the door. Yeah. I rewatched it oh. earlier and just like, the pain on her face of like, what are you doing? Like we were having yet again, he's we shutting himself down. Yeah. They, they're having a connection, they're shutting down. And he does that so often with her, where it's like they get so close to having like that genuine conversation. And something happens, either something happens in the case, or he shuts down emotionally, or he finds an excuse to kind of not be in that headspace with her. And it's like, oh, come on, buddy. He so, so easily could have been like, I've been suffering. My trauma has caused some hallucinations. My father's in the room right now. And I feel like she would have rolled with it. And then, yeah. like, okay, let's sit down and I don't know, not have more. He's a out of a nightmare. Maybe yeah. in the hospital. I do appreciate the uh, the peanut gallery because I felt like Martin was very much all of us watching. Ooh, here comes the kiss. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, do it, do it. He's so sassy too. Like he's, I feel like he's even <laughs> sassier as a hallucination. Malcolm is a very sarcastic person, so I feel like we get to see a lot more of that when he hallucinates. Martin. Martin is sarcastic, but not in the same way. Mm-hmm. I love that they're different. They don't just have like and Martin's here. Like they they change his character a little bit. That's it's a clear distinction. That's why I love this show. Yep. And the actors, because Michael Sheen does a really good job. Mm-hmm. He plays him differently. Both sides. And and playing him differently in different circumstances too. 
like he can very much be very menacing and you're scared of him but then he can also be very like almost cuddly to a point where like you'll be watching him in an episode and completely forget like the context of of him and what he's done like you're just kind of like oh he's kind of like the funny weird lovable dad oh wait he's in prison because he's like 23 people (laughs) 23 people got it right i'm laughing but i don't mean that him killing 23 people is funny it's just (laughs) no that part's not funny (laughs) right but it does and i again like this whole show has a wonderful ensemble of talented actors and actresses so it's just it's just a pleasure to watch the show honestly and it's like we saw Danny a lot and the way Aurora plays her in the different scenarios, like she was so raw with him and vulnerable in the car. And I like that it was very deliberate. It wasn't like she tried to like casually get it out of him. It was just yeah. like, here's like, I know how you feel. It wasn't yeah. forced. And then Adriza showed up and immediately she like switched back into cop <laughs> mode. And it was like, all I right, well, this right. moment's over. <laughs> like, I, pulled- <laughs> oh my I don't know. I just, they all play these multifaceted characters so well. And we only get, you know, an hour every week. So mm-hmm. I could talk about it all day long. I have a question. Do you think Danny will be able to come to terms with if, in fact, she ends up finding out about Nicholas, which I'm sure will happen here pretty soon. But do you think she will be able to kind of swallow it a little bit better if knowing that he didn't actually kill Nicholas, that he just was protecting Danny or protecting Ainsley? <laughs> Um, it's the lying. It's the lying. I know. I I think she I will. Think she can swallow the actual facts of yeah. what happened. I think it's the 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 lying about it and the not being clean with her. Like I think right. that's what's going to be. I agree. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. uh, do I and think he she had so many it? opportunities to like come clean, yes. especially yes. in the last episode with like when they were on the trail with freaking Hoxley. Like that was the time to pull everyone into the office and go, look, here's what happened. I need help. But just to play devil's advocate, I think it put him in a tricky situation because she, I mean, she is a part of the NYPD, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of would put her in a position that maybe he didn't want to put her in, you know, maybe she would have to lie to Gil, you know, if he didn't want Gil to know. So it's tough. It, It really is tough. And I see, I mean, I can definitely see her betrayal, um, her, I'm sorry, her like feeling of betrayal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, from him but it's it's tough because it's hard when you I think she'd have a hard time wrapping her brain around him cutting up the body too yeah oh yeah because that's that's more than just the heat of the moment but the, the other part there. of it is too i think maybe she could even forgive him not saying about endicott because to your point kaylee it would put her in a tough position mm-hmm. and i think that's a perfectly valid thing for him to say which is like i didn't want to put you in the position of having to go against the oath that you took and all that right. kind of stuff and lying but to everybody he, else but he out. won't even say that anything is wrong with him like right. he's refusing to even open up even a little bit and because he won't even say like i'm having a hard time emotionally i'm dealing with a lot of like you know it, it takes him a lot to get there and it's like she's pulling it out of him when she does get like an honest response from him, like it takes her so much emotional energy to get that from him mm-hmm. that I think she'll be like, why didn't you feel like you could tell me that your entire world was crumbling down around you? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's tough. But I feel like she did almost get through to him. Like he He's started so to close. at least use Matt as an avenue to tell her like, yes, I felt like he was kind of trying to wrap it all into mm-hmm. I'm upset about Nat, but really he was kind of putting all the emotion there of dealing with Indicott as well. That's why we saw his hand kind of start it to just tremor. It takes so and much, though. He, 
he screwed his own self over with the hallucination of like mm-hmm. that got cut short because he's got those <clears throat> romantic feelings that were peeking through. He's got feelings for her. He thinks she's cute. And she was so <laughs> sure he was gonna like come clean too. That's what just made my heart break. And then he just immediately rushed her out of the room. Like he didn't oh. even like run off to the bathroom to try and get rid of the hallucinations or something. It was just like, get out of my house, which is so much worse. And I feel like we haven't seen a, um, a hallucination from Malcolm. I mean, I feel like when he hit his head, like in, um, head is it head case? Is that what it's and called? in this very episode, Mr. King of the head trauma over Honestly. here. But I feel like we haven't really seen a hallucination where he wasn't dreaming. So, um, in a while, I mean. So, this is the first time we've kind of seen it since, like, the end of season one. You know, where he saw his kid self or, um, you know, when he saw the girl in the box. So, I feel like we're kind of going back and seeing his mental health again to um, deteriorate again. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously, head trauma will do that to you. But at the same time, head trauma could also be, like, internalized and mental trauma, too. You know what I mean? And Lord knows this boy has both. So <laughs> I think it's the trauma. Why else it's would they have trauma. like laced in the trauma so much this episode and then also had him bother to go, if I'm lucky, it's psychosis. If I'm not, it's schizophrenia. <laughs> I feel like it's got to be the psychosis thing. Yeah. Which would be interesting if he actually, because we know he's got several. He needs to go back to therapy. Diagnoses, but um. Yeah, I don't know uh, what to do with Mr. Malcolm Bright. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm honestly concerned for him. I think he is slowly losing it because the trauma of dealing with Endicott and trying to cover for Ainsley and then not, you know, dying in the field. It's just, it's breaking him down. But I think Danny sees that because her whole point of her story was like, whenever right. she was in trouble, mm-hmm. she thought she deserved it. Right. And so... I don't know. It seems like Malcolm's always like treading that line of I deserve all the bad things mm-hmm. that happened to me. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, no, you don't. Breaks my heart. And quickly before we head into our danger count, we have to talk about, there's so much going on in the promo that it almost deserves like its own like podcast <laughs> because oh, every yeah. time I watched it, I noticed something different. And then Brianna would point something out in the chat and would be like, oh my God, like that's totally true. But next week's the big week. It's it's breakout time, and yowza! Um, Operation Escape. Operation Escape is a go. <laughs> I mean, there's just so much to unpack. Um, like every single person is involved. First mm-hmm. of all, second of all, like is he really going to be out? Like, what's? Oh my god! Like, how does this affect going into the back half of the season? I don't. What did you guys think of that promo? Well, does he, does Malcolm get hit by a car again? It looks like it. It looks like Gil's car. Maybe it's not Malcolm. Maybe it's somebody else and Gil just like slams into it. Maybe it's Martin. Well, that's what I was. I think that's what I mentioned last week on our episode saying that maybe Malcolm gets hit by the getaway car for Martin. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I think he definitely gets out because there's at one point Danny says in the promo, she says there was a breakout. He escaped, which granted he could be any of the inmates that we've met. But I think oh, it's going to be Martin. They wouldn't we have played it up this much. Oh, yeah. oh, my God. And they show him, like, running out the door to freedom mm-hmm. and all of that. And yeah. It looks like Capshaw's beating the crap out of poor Mr. David, which I really what, what if it's Friar Pete? 
Maybe she's I like, I think he's going to get out too. Song. Oh, they're all getting out. Everybody, everybody's, it's go time for everybody. Everybody's going. I'm I think just, it's going to be wondering... Hector, Friar Pete, and mm-hmm. Martin. But will Capshaw oh, be right. with them? Will Capshaw be with them or is he using her and will leave her in behind to face the consequences of this? I don't know. That's tough. I don't know. All the interactions we saw with them in the promo, which were very few, was still in the prison. Like there mm-hmm. wasn't, we didn't see anything outside of it. So, well, and Jessica's there too. So is Ainsley at some point. Everybody's oh, there. Oh, Everybody's going. Yeah. I And Ainsley talking to Martin was like very like. And they're laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, well, because Martin never. I don't like it. Well, I guess Martin never has that interaction with Malcolm usually. Uh, like it's pretty rare that Malcolm even cracks a smile. But Ainsley's like full on having an awesome conversation with him. So I'm. I'm I'm very worried she confides in him. Is it another fantasy of um, Martin's, though? Because we've seen him when he's hallucinated stuff before. He's hallucinated really amazing conversations with Malcolm, right? Like, when he was having Mm -hmm. that dream that time. And he was like, hey, Dad. Like, the whole vibe was different. So I wonder if it's, like, a combination situation where some of the scenes that we're seeing are real and do happen. And some of them are him, like, in his fantasy world. Because as we've seen this week, he's got no problem hallucinating stuff when Mm -hmm. he wants to have a good time. Um... I don't, I don't know. I just mm. there's so much to unpack. Like I'm there's really so excited for next week. I'm worried for Jessica because it looks like mm-hmm. she gets attacked by somebody, and like I assume she's throwing mace in his eyes because the guy kind of claws at his face, but it's literally like two seconds of yeah. it, and her screaming. So it's like we That's know like, she's probably uh, definitely there when the breakout happens. Mm-hmm. I wonder I don't, why though. Is it to see Martin? I think it's to do with the book. Oh, oh yeah. Maybe she's interviewing Mr. David. <laughs> <laughs> As she should. He I deserves agree. at least a chapter of that book. Or two. I told you, or everybody two. needs a chapter. Everybody needs a book deal. And now it is time for one of our favorite segments that we call the Malcolm Danger Count. Warning. Warning. Malcolm Danger where we go over the many, many bad decisions made by Malcolm Bright. Um, so this, this episode is a little light on the danger counts for Malcolm, which I feel like is an accomplishment that we should celebrate. Um, <laughs> he's doing good. We're, we're, we're moving it down. The count so far for the season is 25, um, which isn't bad, actually, <laughs> compared to, to what it could many, be. I'm, I'm trying to think how many episodes. So... Did we de- determine it's going to be 13? Yeah, I think it's 13 from what I've, so I've seen. We have four left then? Oh, no, wait. 10, 10, we 11, can, 12, Can 13. we so count? Four, technically. Yeah. So episode 10, episode 11, episode 12, 13. So four left and we're at 20. Well, we'll be at. We'll be at 27 after today because spoiler alert, we have two danger count items. And it was kind of a uh, episode, so I'm surprised. Yeah, I mean, it was an intense episode, but it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of intentional danger happening. If anything, Idrissa was closer to actual oh, yeah. danger count territory because of her extracurricular activities. But <laughs> overall, overall, not bad for Malcolm. The, the first and most obvious one, of course, is <laughs> purposely putting himself into the path of an oncoming vehicle because he knew that it would stop. <laughs> well, he knew okay. it was so yeah. it wasn't as bad. <laughs> Oh my god. The fact that he did that mental calculation of like, well, if I get hit at this speed, like, I'll be fine. Like, it'll be fine. It had to be 
I think we were discussing this earlier, but it had to be at least 20 to 30 miles because he rolled over the car. Like if it was like two Mm -hmm. miles an hour, five miles an hour, (laughs) it would have just maybe bumped him. You know what I mean? Like it's like not going fast enough to actually hit him hard throw him over the car right in a dramatic role that throws his shoe off more than more than at least at least yeah i just what part of anybody's brain logically goes i know how to make the car stop i'll stand in front of it (laughs) now i'm right if that had been the killer which you thought like he thought it was the killer what makes you think they're not just gonna run you over and keep going that's true I don't know. In that moment, I was Adresa screaming. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Are I you like Danny was very chill about it. She's just like, okay, because it's par for the course. Listen, mm-hmm. this is why we have a danger count segment. Is because this is a decision that he makes on a weekly basis. This is nothing <laughs> for Malcolm Bright. Can we give a shout out to JT interviewing the woman who was driving, whose name we still can't remember? Oh, and she's yeah. like, "Is that standard police procedure?" And he just like, "No, no, no. It's, it's just standard." No, I'm so tired of Malcolm's crap. <laughs> because it is true, this man mm-hmm. so dangerous and for no reason at all. Um, and then the second moment that you know was honestly not that far high up the list of like crazy things that he's done, which is just going after Ashton. Mm-hmm. and getting a gun drawn on him and once again trying to talk somebody down from killing him um but i <laughs> thought his teamwork was nice. it was good it was good yeah. teamwork he, he, was really, he had others helping him but uh once again mr bright please there's got to be another way well adresa you know um or ainsley should take I think we talked about this. Um, Ainsley should take some lessons from him on how to stab. Yeah, yeah, on how to stab people because she stabbed him in the shoulder, right? That kind of disarmed yeah. him. And then that's how you disarm somebody. You know, she was in, in the shoulder. You don't slip when you're in a crop. rage. When you're in a oh, rage, you don't have time. Rage, all right. <laughs> it was raging hard. When you're in the middle of a psychosis, you don't have enough time to think about whether you're going to nick an artery. Like you just go. And then <laughs> My favorite is that she jumped into action because it's like literally. Both her men were in danger. Malcolm yeah. was about to be shot in front of her. She wasn't yeah. sure Blaze was even alive. Oh, like, he was she was out. Yeah, yeah, yeah she was not having it. So, Adriza to the rescue. Always. And always if you guys, forever. it's always Adriza to the rescue. <laughs> <laughs> and if you guys think of any other danger count moments you think we should have included, if you've got any thoughts about today's episode please hit us up on twitter um we are at call for the number four backup pod and we would love to hear from you guys as a parting note for our podcast we'll be ending every episode with a motivational affirmation or quote that hopefully inspires you as you start your weekend this week's quote is trauma doesn't just disappear because you want it to you have to face it but you don't have to face it alone. Danny Powell. Remember, prodigies, if you're hit by a car and begin hallucinating, don't be like Malcolm. And please seek medical attention. Otherwise, call for backup. That's our show for this week. Be sure to check back next week. And in the meantime, you can follow us on our Twitter account at call for backup pod. That's call the number four backup pod. Tag us and let us know your thoughts on the episode. And as always, follow us at Nerds and Beyond for all of your nerdy news.